consent. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Do you know we never do a proper intro? No, we never do. It's always just like dropping in the middle of a random conversation. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start our intro. How are you doing this week, Luke? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, I think we should leave this in, but basically me and Luke have just had a little discussion where we were like, how are you? Yeah, not great. How are you? Not great. What's wrong? Oh, just life. What's wrong? Oh, yeah, basically the same. So um, this could be amazing or awful. This could be the thing that turns both of our days around. Yeah, that's the thing. And... (laughs) In all honesty, it's kind of, we could have not recorded it and just been like, not doing it and watched a film and just got off and done not writing. Not like together, although that would be cute. Yeah. Just in case everyone thinks it was. <laughs> <laughs> Snuggled up on the sofa, bag oh. of popcorn. Oh my, um, can I have some sweets? Then not yeah. down. Okay, That's cool. right, I get all the popcorn then. Amazing. Okay, there you go. We're film buddies. Um, we could have done but as we preach to you lot sometimes you gotta just show up and get it done in the nicest possible yes. and if obviously if this turns out crap then You'll you won't be it. listening to this so <laughs> there you go okay we've got a q a episode today haven't we yes we do so we've got a couple of questions mixed bag yeah okay and I have, yeah. just for reference, by the way, guys, obviously you, if because you obviously tune in every week because these are amazing. When Luke um, sprung last week's topic on me as punishment, because I never share with him the questions, I would like to point out he was provided with the questions last night. There you go. Yes. And, oh no, I was going to say it was late last night, but it was like 20 past eight. So. Hey, that's late for me. <laughs> I'm in bed by 10 normally I thought it was going to be like after that and I was like oh well Luke that's really late I'm, I like to be in bed by a time that starts with an 8 or a 9 at a push I mean I would like that but I get told off uh, we're just holding <laughs> aren't we yeah okay on Go that on. note right on to the first question. question number one <clears throat> When I've reached my target weight, look, or strength, how do I just maintain that at the gym and not keep growing muscle? Isn't there another bit to that question? Or is that a separate question? Oh, no, it is. (laughs) I thought that, I'm such an idiot. Okay, so this person then clarified that, and this is one of my clients. Uh, Not that I'm anywhere near that. I think she is but was just looking at myself in the mirror. She loves a mirror and can actually see definition in my biceps now and wondered what would happen when I reached my target. I think I answered this, like when I was asking the, the kids for some questions, um, yeah. just to prove we do actually get these submitted. It's not me making them up. Um, I did message her back straight away and was like, hmm, your target's definitely going to flex because I don't think I've ever known a single person get to a place where they're like, oh, cool, I'm like, I'm done. I feel like there's always a bit of a something or like the goalposts change and then you're like, oh, well, actually, do you know what? Maybe I do still want a bit more gluten hamstring development or I just, I want to get stronger in X, Y and Z lift. Yeah. So 
that was kind of just for context that was what I went straight back with and then went but I can't wait to hear Luke's opinion on this so yeah no I think this is quite an interesting question um because if we're looking at terms of muscle mass your goals in that sense you may achieve although again I I feel often that takes a long time and that the goalposts do change when you get to that point you're like well actually I could just push it a little bit further and or I say like focus on a different body part but the interesting point is that I think often people's goals change in terms of then they'll focus on strength or different aspects of fitness or you might have some time off that then like okay I actually want to drop a bit of body fat now or I want to improve in this kind of area improve my flexibility whatever it is it's going to have different goals for like your your general interest in what you're going for but in terms of being able to kind of maintain where you are all you really need to do is drop down to a maintenance volume which is fairly low um and you'll probably find yourself dropping down to that and just training just for fun um and having a bit more variance in your training and not necessarily tracking as much as what you're doing in terms of trying to progress and push and cause that progressive overload and you'll try to train in sort of some of these different modalities like doing a bit more uh, strength-based training or some metabolic circuits things like that that just keep your fitness up um, even some higher like I say metabolic circuits or conditioning cardio that kind of stuff that is more for that health basis and cardiovascular fitness but still has some relevance to training in a resistance manner so I think those parameters that you're looking at in terms of where your focus is changes and like everyone like as you go through years and through like life there'll be points where you're like oh actually I want to drop a little bit of body fat here or I want to get a little bit bigger or you drop some body fat and then realize you're actually a little bit further away from the goal of building muscle than you want because you get a little bit smaller and you're like well actually I want to be a little bit bigger um, so I'll push it a bit more. Yeah. But on on a kind of a different tangent, I think it's good to be happy. Don't look and accept like the work that you've done and be proud of that, because that's one thing that I'm sort of very guilty of is always wanting more and pushing. Be like I want to go further and further and further, and not actually just recognizing the work that you have done so kudos to you in feeling that you are kind of close to that yeah how you're wanting to be absolutely and I think it can be hard when you then like I think sometimes if you take the focus off the aesthetics you can focus more on performance but in order to for example keep getting stronger at your deadlifts you need to do them consistently and I think like your physique will maintain with a lot less volume than you think but your lifts like your strength will go down so you couldn't for example 
go right okay well I'm happy sitting at maintenance which means I'm not I'm not massively going to do a lot of work on my deadlifts I might only do one or two sets but if you don't do them consistently week in week out like you will find that that performance drops off like if you take six months off deadlifting because you've dropped your volume and that's just an exercise that you pull out by the time you then bring it back in you won't necessarily be lifting exactly the same way as you were when you stopped because your body's not used to it so kind of I think in terms of like the aesthetics definitely as Luke said like stopping and realizing how far you've come and not necessarily scrutinizing your body can be really really helpful um but it's good to have periods of time where the focus is less aesthetics more performance and vice versa because you can't just keep hammering your body in any one direction no and it can be good for you just taking short periods of times on focusing on on performance and different realms of like rep ranges and strength things like that just to take that mindset shift away from like say the aesthetics and have that just be a byproduct of the performance-based training that you're doing yeah absolutely um and also with things like target weight maintenance is a range anyway like you you can kind of have an idea of where you want to get to but then maybe when you've got to roughly that point anyway you might want to work on things outside of that i.e not tracking like moving away from tracking learning to be more intuitive with your approach to nutrition and then that has its own little hurdles so I think a lot of the time the growth doesn't really stop as soon as we think that it does because there's always something different to focus on to get your health and your fitness into a more optimal place because as we know dieting is not optimal but neither is consistently striving to grow muscle because you're putting stress on your body in another way so yeah there's a lot to it yeah but just to kind of like round up in terms of if you are sort of getting to that that place it like i say it's this case of dropping back that volume slightly and in essence not pushing yourself in terms of your nutrition to be in a surplus to grow muscle you can bring that back down to maintenance training volume comes down to maintenance and then you can just adjust to do it for fun and you just have that baseline to maintain the muscle mass and anything else on top of that is just for fun for you to actually enjoy training enjoy life and if that is a case of okay don't really want to do more training or have that separate focus you can just keep that baseline yeah beautiful right okay next question for you (laughs) (laughs) oh this is more one for me so any advice for women when you're nearing that time of the month because none of us can obviously say the word and you feel like a hippo her words not mine and all you want to do is eat training's hard to get through and you don't feel like training is going and you don't feel oh hang on hang on let me start that again so any advice for women when it's nearing that time of the month you feel like a hippo and all you want to do is eat training is hard to get through and you don't feel like training is going badly. I think that's meant to be you you feel like training is going badly. Um biologically, why is this happening? But what can you do to keep motivated? So kind of my general standpoint with most clients, I don't really periodize their training around their period. I, some coaches will. Some coaches will, you know, you might have like a different plan for the week that 
your period arrives. I don't really do that because every day, well, every client's different. Every period is different. Um, but kind of the tough love is suck it up and accept that probably within days your training will feel better again. Um, so if you are known to be the kind of person that throws your toys out of the pram a little bit, just having a little stern word with yourself and going, look, this is going to happen every month for what, 30, 40 years of your life. If not, if you throw a shit fit every single month, you're only going to make your own life more difficult. Yeah. Um, training is such a small part of your week in general, a, a missed session here or there, or a session where you don't perform better than you did the week before is genuinely not going to matter. So if you need to take a rest day, take a rest day. If you need to pull your weights back or your set numbers back, then do it. Even as your coach, like if somebody turned around to me and they're checking and was like, oh, my numbers from, you know, session three are totally down because I had awful stomach cramps, but I still tried to train, but I took all of my weights down a little bit and I only did like one or two sets. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, that was the wrong thing to do you you go by how you feel i can't project what my clients are going to feel like you can't no coach can no um i can't even work out what i'm going to feel like month to month like <laughs> the the most recent month i absolutely my training absolutely tanked i walked out of the gym and then basically had two weeks off for various reasons whereas the month before i was flying like i had a i had a great week when science was telling me that you know i should be feeling weak and I'm at higher risk of injury and I should take it easy. And if I periodize my training, I'd have myself doing yoga. Um, but I got like a new PB on deadlifts. I felt invincible. You just, you can't tell. You really can't. Um, in terms of feeling like a hippo, movement will actually help, I think. I think sometimes when you get too in your own head and you're sitting there just feeling sorry for yourself, keep poking your swollen stomach and testing just to see you know how much weight you feel like you've put on yeah sometimes the best thing to do is put your comfiest clothes on a big baggy t-shirt and just go move go walk do a class do anything that's going to take you out of your head and focusing on just being present somewhere and not kind of sitting there stewing would be my kind of thoughts yeah, from a non-womb carrying person i mean no uterus no opinion very true and i am normally the first <laughs> person to say that <laughs> but from, okay no uterus no opinion I like from generally like if, if you're moving you're going to feel better anyway just like releasing endorphins and from a general standpoint you're not professional athlete so Rude. you can <laughs> not you specifically Harry, ah! but <laughs> in, in general unless you have um, very specific goals or very specific time frame to achieve something like give yourself a little bit of leeway and develop this into a lifestyle habit like you're gonna have a fair few periods coming up in the rest of your your well not the rest of your life but for a good couple of years yeah yeah so just learning to to manage it and manage your training around it in terms of water regulation and going how you feel giving yourself a little bit leeway either way and making sure that you're pushing a little bit harder um in the other weeks then 
you're going to make progress eventually. And if you can do a little bit, like I say, that is going to help with the bringing your training back down to that maintenance volume. So you're still performing, doing something and then push a little bit harder on the other weeks. And I think generally you're golden. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Next question. Oh, just so everybody knows, we've actually set ourselves a time limit to get this podcast done. <laughs> very aware that we talk a lot so um there you go you're you're hearing the new and improved harriet and luke and um, yes. so next question why is a deload important i feel like we did cover this before I slightly um, i should actually probably keep a reference of the questions we've answered yeah, yeah. but in a general sense it's giving yourself enough time to recover letting your it's like central nervous system and everything sort of down regulates slightly to enable you to progress and push harder in other weeks so it's allowing that fluctuation in your training to progressively overload and overreach and in peaks to push harder and then recover adapt and move forwards in, in general sense i think we went a little bit more in depth last time but also if you don't have a deload eventually you'll fall over you will get yeah. to a point where your training numbers drop and that will make you feel frustrated because your head will be going i don't understand why i'm i wasn't as strong as last week yeah so basically before you start crying because your training is going down because you've been progressively overloading for six seven eight nine ten weeks or whatever it is um take a deload even sometimes before you feel you need one and you will probably mean that you can train harder for longer in the long yeah. run it's mental benefits as well as physical benefits for example oh God, that feeling you... of like a 40 minute workout as opposed to like an hour and a half oh. yeah and things like joint stiffness and irritation around sort of muscles it, it builds up and accumulates over time that you you need a bit of a rest and allow that adaptation to occur yeah beautiful okay next question how can you get out of an eating out habit on a busy schedule so by this i think they mean like grabbing food out picking dinners out because you're busy and you potentially feel like you don't have time to cook Planning and preparation. The word feel there. (laughs) It is ultimately it is a case of planning and preparing ahead of time, um, or even putting a thought into okay, what options are there that are easy to grab when you're out and about on a busy schedule? um, That's going to enable you to remove that choice and remove that factor of grabbing just whatever's there that you feel i want to eat that now so having that forward thought whether it is to prep some meals or making stuff that's even easy for you to consume when and and take with you because if even if you think about it there's there's quick and easy things you can buy at the supermarket and just bung in a bag that's going to be better for you and probably just as expensive or like cheaper yeah. Then grabbing something out, you can buy some pre-cooked chicken with an apple and some wrap or something that you can just bung together. Bag of salad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
there's lo- there are there are tons of options and I think there was a there was a period and I think it's reasonably recently do you, do you feel like where people like turn to oh well I cook everything from scratch like I would never buy a sauce or a this or a that and I'm very against that mindset because I feel like if yeah. your compromise is buying a pasta sauce so you can literally chuck like some frozen veg in a pan with your pasta sauce maybe some pre-cooked chicken or already diced chicken and make a pasta sauce whilst you boil the pasta which takes 10 minutes you can have some great dinners in 10 minutes or less yeah one thing i'll thank jamie oliver for is things like that you know there's nothing wrong with buying from the fresh section and supermarket like veg bags that just need literally stabbing with a knife and microwaving or not at all um sweet potato mash root veg mash things like that but in literally the time it takes to cook a chicken breast or pan fry some prawns or empty a tin of tuna you can do so much you don't have to sit there and be peeling and chopping your own veg no and to the extent of like sauces as well like people are complaining about cooking rice and vegetables they're not going to be able to put together a good tasty sauce so yeah. <laughs> you, you got to you got to think about it in a staged manner like what's just going to be a little bit better than what you're currently doing so yeah. if you're having an indian takeout what's going to be better than that oh cook your own like um microwave rice buy a jar of lloyd grossman put some chicken in a pan bung that in uh-huh. and you've got a curry freaking lloyd grossman i mean i was gonna say like tesco's own but I didn't want to sound cheap. <laughs> wow, you really treat Sarah, don't you? I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> yes, I think you've got to, you've got to take ownership, and nobody's going to come and sort all your food and stuff out for you. So even just thinking the night before, as boring as it is, nobody really wants to sit there whilst they're eating their dinner and go, "Oh, what should we have for dinner tomorrow night?" But if you're that busy, you've got to think because you've got to know what you might need to get out of the freezer. You might have 10 minutes the night before to marinate some chicken or, you know, to remember to get whatever out the freezer or text your other half and tell them on their way home from work that you want, I don't know, some courgettes because you've, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Like you do have to think about it. And that I love the memes on like Instagram where it's like, oh, adulting is like having to think about what to eat every night for the rest of your life. But you do, if you don't live at yeah. home and you don't, have parents that will cook for you everybody's busy in their own way but the way people make it work is by using hacks using quicker options where possible and giving themselves no excuses so there's no point turning around at 6 p.m and going I'm gonna have to order a takeaway because I didn't get any meat out of the freezer your literal job is to remember stuff like that so post it you know if you need to set post-it notes alarms write a pl- have a weekly planner where you plan out all your meals that just the less decisions you have to make the easier it is to yep. stick to even if you're not dieting like it's hard to think of things off the cuff every single day for three meals a day to make your life easy two great tips that i've got is one get a slow cooker yes. and you can always put stuff in that in the morning, go off to work and your dinner's ready by the time you get back. Even if you prep it all in there like the night before, chuck it all in, then just turn yeah. it on in the morning. Um, and you can find plenty of like slow cook recipes that will tell you exactly what to put in. 
and how long it needs to be cooked and most of the time you can just leave it on low anyway two doubt, leave it on low <laughs> exactly and two this is one thing i always do is whenever i'm cooking dinner so take for example i'll um buy packs of chicken that are like 600 grams and i'll have like 200 gram servings of chicken and so dinner with sarah there's one two three meals there and then that third meal i just leave over and it's my lunch for tomorrow well one of one of my lunches because i have two but good boy and it's just easy simple and all you gotta do is divide everything into into thirds and just work out it's just like the same meal but earlier um and just makes life a lot easier and that kind of fits in with the question earlier about making things easy on the go absolutely i always have leftovers always like i will always do more veg more whatever i i don't see the point really if you're chopping a load of veg for whatever meal if you're doing a stir fry why not just do a little bit extra because the 30 seconds it takes you to chop that extra pepper now probably saves you five minutes tomorrow night um yeah i also do things like i'll roast a chicken every monday shred it chuck it in a box there you go that's protein easy to grab for lunches yeah all sorts of things like that we i feel like we could talk for hours let's leave that one there yeah um Tips for choosing suitable foods when you're out. So I think, again, this is on like the meals out kind of topic. Um, yeah. Last week, we kind of done a whole, we whole did. podcast on that. So go back go and listen back. to that one. Oh, my God. Does it feel it's like definitely... we're really professional being able to go back and listen to... Uh, <laughs> go back to episode 16. Um, and because, again, that could be a really long answer because it depends if you're dieting or not, what the rest of your day looks like, Yeah, where you're going, Um you know, if you're going to Nando's, you can probably pick something that's a little bit more in line with your overall calories. If your other half's taking you to the IV for a special occasion, ain't nobody worrying about what they're eating there. So yeah, there you go. But most, most rest, like common chain restaurants will publish their calories on their website anyway. So you can have a quick look at that. Um, but try to opt for lower, lower fat cuts of meat. Um, remote getting things on the side if if you can um most restaurants usually have like a not like a dieters menu but like a, a section of like smaller calorie meals and things like that you can get an idea of what that that consumption is um but yeah it's it just comes in case with learning over time better choices and taking it for what it is in terms of eating out beautiful right what's your go-to meal out so mine and yours what's yours or like um what am i thinking like cuisine type like italian the trouble is i like all food so it would it would depend on like where where i'm going like i'll usually go for something that i know i can't make or that is going to be better than I'm going to have at home. So if it's something like sushi, I would, I'd love sushi and I'll grab that out. Or, um, I mean, if I'm feeling in quite a like meaty mood, like a good steak. Wow. Meaty but, mood. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really have a, I do like Thai food though. Ooh. Or Italian. Basically 
you're asking two really big foodies yeah near enough anything and everything quite often it'll be a case of okay i'll let everyone else whoever i'm going with decide what they want to eat because i will eat anywhere and everyone else always has something they're like oh i don't like that i'm like okay well let's go with somewhere that you like and I'll just pick something off the menu because I will eat everything and I'll find something that I like pretty much on your wavelength the one thing I don't ever really either cook or eat out is fish I refuse to sit and eat a piece of fish where you have to pick the bones out whereas my other half does it like a pro I'm the girl going babe cut my food and then give me my deboned fish back so I just won't order it seafood <laughs> I will happily do yeah um but yeah other than that really not fussy there you yeah. go okay last question and we're we're not going to do it we're not going to do it within our 30 minute time limit because we've got one minute to go oh, damn it. this is actually from the fiance of one of my clients um oh. so he's asked how to stop himself binge eating at night says it's not because he's hungry but he's just doing it and it's a cycle of getting up eating something then getting something else as soon as he's finished apparently the mindset of just stop doesn't seem to work and to be honest i'm not surprised yeah i think first thing to check on yourself here is whether you are experiencing actual binge eating and that's kind of classified as a loss of control so no matter how much you try and stop yourself you can't and I know it sounds a little bit like this in in that kind of wording but I think the the term binge eating is really too often thrown around um whereas sometimes it can just be I've overeaten and really subconsciously I've chosen not to stop um if it is genuine binge eating disorder you do need to go and see somebody professional because no coach no diet plan no meal plan will be able to help you deal with that successfully it will only ever mask the symptoms yeah um kind of would be point number one i think my next one then this is kind of what i would say to any client is if you're if you think your goal should be fat loss i would take that goal away and i would avoid being in a calorie deficit and instead focusing on things like regular meal times so that you are making sure that you're eating enough throughout the day, checking in with yourself. Do I actually feel full? Um, kind of removing as much of that diet food side of things as possible, you know, take away your bagel thins, put in a full bagel. Are you getting enough protein with each meal? Are you regularly eating and not skipping meal times? Um, and that would kind of be one of my first steps to assess if the over the nighttime overeating is actually because you're under eating during the day. And then at the point where you've, you've got a bit more time, you're then using food as a tool, I guess. Yeah. And I also said to throw in there, like, are you eating enough fiber and fruit and vegetables? Yeah are your meals complete or are you having like something that's not very nutritionally dense that in essence, you're kind of then craving something that's more filling and more satiating because the, the, the meal you're having is very calorie dense as well. So it's a small amount of volume in terms of your food, but has high calories. So you're still hungry 
although you've eaten. Um, also then I think there's a, a route to look down in terms of the psychological um, effect of habits. Are you associating sort of grabbing that food, then take it down and sitting it and eating it in front of TV? Um, are there different things that you can try and change in that evening uh, in terms of, okay, well, set set some kind of mindful task for you to do. Even if you're, you are watching TV, you could do some like stretching or some like coloring or something that engages your brain. So you're not just sitting there thinking about what can I do with my hands? I'm going to sit and eat. Like, is there something else that you could do that will take your mind off of that thought process of food? Yeah. Or is it in a sense that you're just craving something to do? Um, yeah. Like it might just be surrounding that, that you just now got into that habit and you've got to change that habit and replace it with something else. So you can then build a new habit and it, it's the form of like habit stacking. So it's the trigger that causes then the start of the habit and something else, something else, something else. Um, a great book to read on that is Atomic Habits. Um, which a little plug for your BFF. Yeah. I like <laughs> um, need to get like a discount code. Go yeah, on. you do. <laughs> um, I think it's, it can sometimes be quite a, a hard topic to talk through and to try and process. But again, is that overeating masking something else? So another mm. emotion and this yeah. is what if you google i think it's feelings wheel you can see like broken down into things like you know happy sad whatever you can then see in more detail okay what actual feelings might they be under that bracket of sad and you can kind of yeah. look at, at that and try and identify how you're actually feeling um because if you're bored, right, okay, what is that? What's that boredom coming from? Like Luke said, can you do something else? You know, if, so you can do like a little thing of like, if and then, um, then. So it's like, if I feel the need to go and get chocolate, then I will do X. So you have like a, a replacement activity that isn't associated with food. So, you know, the, the nights are, wonderful at the minute you know it's it's light until half past nine ten o'clock if you know that between 8 p.m and 9 p.m is a bit of a sticking point for you set that as a bit like Lou said your time to stretch or your time to go out for a walk so you're not in the house just ruminating on whatever it is um mm. so kind of having you know something that can that can be an alternative there I think the, the kind of telling yourself to stop doesn't work. Likewise, telling yourself to not buy the foods doesn't really help either. Again, they're very temporary situations yeah. um, or temporary like fixes. Um, but you need to, you, I think you kind of need to do something. So whether that's, you know, have, if it's not binge eating disorder, maybe having a coach will help to keep you accountable and to look at other areas of your nutrition on your behalf. Cause we've, I think we're very poor at assessing our own nutrition. Um, yeah. So maybe, you know, engaging a coach, like an online coach who will actually deal with a lot of the mindset stuff, a lot of the nutrition stuff outside of just like a PT session could be helpful. Um, potentially if this 
is a trigger that comes from something that's happened in your childhood, therapy, counseling, talking to somebody else um, could help. Or it could just be, you know, some of the things we've mentioned actually ring a little bell in your head and you go, oh, actually, maybe, yeah, that is why I'm doing it. It's actually because I'm bored. So actually giving yourself an alternative can really, really help. It's a hard, it's a hard topic to cover in like a short podcast because we don't know why you're eating. We don't know the integrities of this situation as well. Like we don't know everything else surrounded and what's leading up to that, what potential causes are. And that's what you kind of need to understand before you can assess what to do about that situation. Yeah. Because without those causes and the underlying effects of what is happening, what's going on to cause that it's hard to then know what direction to take things. Absolutely. You might and not that get is the a very, right direction. Very perfect time to plug that both Lou and I, Lou, Lou and I, Luke? sorry, I've just turned you into a woman. <laughs> Luke, Luke and I are taking on clients. So um, obviously this does come from a male person who may feel yeah. more comfortable with a male coach but we're both happy to chat with you privately. Um, not just in a all oh, sign up to our coaching point of view, but if you want to try and potentially figure out where you sit, whether it is just emotional eating, boredom eating, or whether it is potentially something more like deeper rooted, then yeah. we are both happy. So you can drop us a message if yeah, we can try and to be listening to this. Yeah, and we can try and sort of point you in the right direction, whether yeah. that is potentially working with us or whether you need to see a specialist or it might just be that one little thing that triggers and you can try and sort of take away and try and implement. Yeah, so. beautiful. That is actually the end of our questions today. That is the end. Uh, it's not too bad timing. No, we're eight minutes out of our timeline, but that's okay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay, Um. Should we do a topic podcast next week? Yes. Okay. We'll, so. we'll go and think we'll, about that. <laughs> yeah. But also send some questions through and we will go through them again. Beautiful. In the next one. Fab. Have a great Friday, Luke. <laughs>